Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Wizards Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and I'm joined by Ben Cartwright. Good morning. And Chris Brammer. <laughs> Good morning. It's it's a year since our first episode, lads. Happy mm. anniversary. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know the yeah. bit in The Simpsons where they forget Lisa's birthday, so she just sings Happy Birthday to herself and stuff. Oh, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's tragic. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess <laughs> guess we're gonna have to talk about it. Stoke City won. We scored a goal. Stoke won. Arsenal, <laughs> who before this game had a 12.5% win percentage at the Britannia Stadium, or Bet365. Arsenal, who we don't like losing to. Arsenal, who, let's face it, weren't very good on the day. Arsenal, four. Chris, question for you. Yep. Was it that bad? Yep. Yeah, right, that's it, was, that sort of. it was no like you. You cannot you cannot defend any of yesterday. I don't care. Do you know what? Do you know what? I could almost cope with the absolute shit that we've put up with for the rest of the season if yesterday we'd have gone to that match and we'd have shown a bit of fight. I don't even care if we'd have lost to Arsenal. If we'd have just gone in there and shown that we can do something, that would have, you know, I wouldn't. I, it wouldn't have been the best day in the world, but at least I wouldn't be as annoyed and as angry as I am now. But it was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And in my eyes, it was unforgivable how they were yesterday. But uh, spare a, what, about, about a 10-minute period where we got into it a little bit we were always second best always second best and i'm not saying that you know we need to be competing on the same level as arsenal but it's arsenal lads we you know it's a big team coming to the ground you you should surely be able to get yourself up for that game and there was nothing there was nothing in the first 45 minutes in after half time oh we ex- what do you expect them to come out with a bit of fire in the belly no of course not because why would they it was abysmal and you know what i completely understand why people didn't stay behind afterwards for the lap of honor because why would you after a performance like that ben um we've we've had a good record against arsenal and there there was a sense that it's got to come to an end one day uh when the team was announced were you feeling any less confident i think it was pretty much the same team that Drew with Bournemouth, save for Eric Peters coming back in to replace Mark Munieza. Um How were you? How were you feeling before the game? Um, I was worried. I, I, I really couldn't see us getting anything from the game. Um, I thought it'd be a boring nil-nil, um, or we'd get smashed. And I know that covers a lot, but and you made a joke about that because because I was with Dave yesterday. Um, we had a couple of drinks. One of the drinks went all over Dave. Um, <laughs> And that then, was the high point of the evening. That was that was the highlight. 
and then I kept on drinking. Um, so here we are right now. Um, but the midfield, I think, is just so dull. Uh, there's no, there's no excitement in that midfield. It's a lot of, well, Glenn Whelan isn't that mobile against a, a an Arsenal side that playing a three four three formation in the end. They they always seem to have a free player. There there always seems to be an option for them, which I think maybe was down to our our formation against them. But also just as as Chris mentioned, that just the lack of fight, the lack of urgency, which you normally come to expect from from a game like this. But obviously we we couldn't do it yesterday for some reason. Um, so yeah, I, I I think the mid that that um, formation is quite boring. I was happy to see Juff retain his place, but but other than that, not not too exciting in my opinion. The thing that sort of terrifies me the most is that we've had a season of not knowing what to do with the midfield. Having that midfield exposed time after time after time and still not looking even vaguely competent. Whelan, Allen and Cameron are individually okay players. You could even say a couple of them are very good players. But for some reason, the three of them together is a midfield Bermuda triangle. The the ball goes in and just nothing comes out of, out of them. <laughs> it's, the, it was just, what was the purpose of the midfield yesterday? Was it to uh, protect the back four and stop Arsenal players finding space? Because, uh, spoiler alert, lads, you didn't manage it. Was it to create stuff? Also, you didn't manage that, lads. What? What is the purpose of the midfield? Why has still the final home game of the season? We don't have a bloody clue what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Remember attacking midfielders. Remember, not even Bojan. Remember Stephen Island. Remember when we had Stephen Island playing for us? He was a decent attacking midfielder. Well, mm-hmm. he supported the front man. He. Gave some shape to the midfield. Remember, oh, remember Bojan, lads. But <laughs> <laughs> Bojan uh, got I, an assist yesterday. <laughs> I've just just seen the pictures from mine. So just like it's like an ex who's happier with their new boyfriend, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the issue as well. Joe, I mean Joe Allen. I know he's been told to play in that role, but he isn't a number ten. And like, and and I don't, I, I don't want to criticise Joe Allen too much. I but, will. Uh, and but I think I think uh, the 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 problem with Joe Allen comes from the fact that he came into the team at the start of the season and scored more goals than he's ever scored in his career. And did, what Mark Hughes expected that was the norm because it's not the norm. And that's not to discredit what Joe Allen did earlier in the season, but that isn't his natural role. When we signed him on this podcast. We all assumed he was going to be the replacement for Glenn Whelan. That's what we assumed. He was going to be a holding midfielder who maybe was a little bit more creative than Glenn. That hasn't happened. Instead, he's pushed up against the striker. Although not too far because, you know, that would involve creating things. Um, And he's expected to do things in a position that isn't his natural position. It's absolutely ludicrous that... I mean, I saw yesterday that Juve... In fact, no, to be fair, Juve didn't get pelters from a lot of people. A lot of people recognised that he was isolated from the rest of the team because there was no one moving in and around him. And he can't, like, 
as much as I love him, he can't do everything on his own. He's not the type of player who gets the ball and creates his own levels of space with the exception of that one goal against uh, City. Like, he's not... That's not the type of player he is. And so, the fact that Mark Hughes thinks that that three-man midfield is acceptable in any game, let alone against Arsenal, is... Oh, it, it it's, makes you angry. Talk about the first half. Um... You know, the crowd's always up for it, you know. Home to Arsenal, it's it's always a big game for us. It's arguably our biggest home game of the season. There's always a, an undercurrent of tension. There's always the things with the crowd, which we'll go on to later. But we were just so one-paced, mm-hmm. one-dimensional, flat, hapless at the back. Really just, what the hell were we doing? But... Oh, just right. Uh, on the train back from Manchester yesterday, I was I had the fortune of meeting some Blackpool Stoke fans who one of them subscribed to the podcast, which you know made my made my evening. And th- they would they were just saying like they they never leave bef- before ninety minutes. They just don't do that. But they left when they when we scored uh, when they scored their fourth goal. It's just utterly dreadful. And one of them who did listen to the podcast said to me, do you not get sick of talking about the same things over and over and over again? And I was like, yeah, I do. I want to, I'd much rather talk about films for an hour or something. <laughs> but, like, it, it, the vague whiff of positive from the first half was we kept him out um, or, or nearly up until the end. But Monreal could have had two. Yeah. There was a great save from Butland. Monreal mm-hmm. hit the post and stuffed up another chance. Like they, they, they we could have easily gone in three down. Yeah, if like Mon- if Monreal was competent, we would have yeah gone in four, three, four nil down. Yeah, you like you say it was a positive that we'd kept them out, but it you always felt it was coming, didn't you? Arsenal, there was always going to be one team who was going to take the lead, and it was a matter of time rather than it being oh Stoke have defended well. Like yeah, Jack Butland, I think if if, if all the players, Jack Butland probably comes out of it with a bit more respect than some of the others because at least if it wasn't for him, if you know if Lee Grant had been in goal, it would have been a worse scoreline. Jack Butland did make some cracking saves, as he always does. But, yeah, it was... There was only one team in the first half. Only one team. Where, where the hell is this right-back we've supposedly given a new deal to? Because God knows I didn't see him on the pitch yesterday. What the hell? Just the amount of time they had down that channel. Like, and Mike the number Pedgick. of times he gave the ball away as well. It wasn't just like he's defending. He was, he was supposed to be good going forward and he was giving the ball away every fucking five minutes. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> First time I've sworn on the podcast. Don't worry. I think, that, I think this podcast is going to get that little E symbol yeah. next to it. <laughs> anyway... Um, but apparently it's Shakiri's fault for not tracking back, according to um, one ex 1970s Stoke player. Guess who? <laughs> so, yeah, the first half performance could have been three down. We managed to keep it to one goal. Right, lads, let's get it in at half time. Let's properly hammer into. Let's make some changes at half time if need be. Let's bloody tell them that this is an important game still. Let's tell them that. 
a top half finishes on the line. Let's tell them that Arsenal bloody haters. Let's tell them we can stop them reaching the top four with a win. No. What the hell does he talk? What does he speak in, in Swahili this, or something? <laughs> this is this is my like, thing. And this is my thing with Mark Hughes all over. And I'm sure we'll go on to the big Hughes discussion. But I, can you imagine Mark Hughes getting in that dressing room and firing them up? Because I, I can't. And I think it's bloody obvious that we never do. Like, we never come out in the second half and it's like, oh, yeah, you can tell they've had a talking to... Like, I'm... Like, it sounds like a bloody cliche that you want a manager to go and shout and bollock him, but for you God's sake, like you need something. And I don't. Mark Hughes doesn't come across as that. He comes across as fucking beige, beige <laughs> as alt. Like that's what he comes across as. I can imagine him if 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 his post match and pre match sort of interviews or anything to go by. He goes into half time yesterday and goes like, "Don't worry, lads." It's going well for us. Just keep doing what we're doing and we'll end up with a three points. No, Mark! <laughs> it's all right, lads. The fans have high expectations. No need to perform today. Oh, don't, right, have right. You, have, you, have, you know, have you noticed these these little digs at the fans have uh, yes. started increasing? Can, the, can the, we, the, there's a little bit of needle now, which yeah. is can never we address a really good that? Sign. Can we yeah, just address on. the... Oh, the fans have too much ambition. They've been, they, 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 you know, they're expecting too much. Do you know why we're expecting too much, Mark? It's because after we got ditched out the cup from Wolves, you said we were going to go and target seventh. It's because, Mark, when you came into the team, you said we want Stoke to be a consistent top ten team challenging for cups. It's because every season, Mark, you come along and say, oh, this is what we're challenging for. Our expectations, Mark, are your squat your goals for the season that's all we're not oh that they're expecting too much no we're expecting what you told us to expect it's not like it's not unrealistic of us to expect us to finish in the top 10 when you've told us that's what you want to do it's absolutely crazy mark mark Hughes on christmas morning giving giving his uh children a satsuma you, you promised us a bike. They're kids, kids, you've got two two unrealistic expectations. You can't have a bike every year. Back in my day, we had tumors. <laughs> but oh, Dad, you God. told us we'd get a bike if we were good. <laughs> yeah, he... Yeah. It's, it's like it, this is his fault. Like you can't just say to us that we expect too much. Like no, we don't. It's. We, I mean, we said it so many times. It's not like we're expecting Stoke to be a top six team to be challenging for the title. God sake, do you know what? I, I wouldn't even say position is that much of a of an issue. Although no, you know, if we finish seventeenth, I will be I will be annoyed. But it's the bloody mannerism in which we play because. And I saw this saying around yesterday, and it's completely right. What is Stoke City's identity? What is the team's we identity? We don't have one. We don't have one, and we haven't had one like for the last few years. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change now. It's never going to change. It, it, feels like, it feels like we're watching Fast and Furious movies. They just keep on churning out the same <laughs> shit, and some people are still enjoying it, and I'm not really sure how. <laughs> There's a case for us for being the dullest Premier League side this season and certainly for quite a few seasons even Middlesbrough this season have been so bad they're quite entertaining even Sunderland have been so awful that you just have to look at it like a car crash slowly we're just like just completely nothing 
Mm-hmm. We're always last on match of the day, no matter what the scoreline. We're we're always uh, depressingly predictable against the big sides. Even when we beat the crap teams, and there are some proper crap teams in the Premier League, let's make, make no bones about that. Even when we beat those, it's oh, 2-0, the game's over by 45 minutes. Yeah. Let, let's not show any ambition. Let's, let's just keep all the flair players off the pitch. Let's fucking just resort to to not 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 even Pulis ball. It's not even uh, got the gunko attitude of that. It's yeah. as you say, Chris. It's identityless. We're absolute bloody Switzerland. <laughs> the thing is with the match of the day thing as well. In past seasons, I've 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 been known to take to Twitter and, and to Facebook or whatever, and and to my friends at the pub and moan about the fact that we're always last. But this season, there is literally no argument for us being anywhere close to the start of match of the day. I don't want I, don't, I want people to have fallen asleep by the time they get to Stoke matches because they are so <laughs> dull, and it's just ruining our reputation even further in the eyes of other fans because we mm-hmm. no one cares about us. But, Not that that well, yeah, that's the thing. That that's why there's this mainstream media perception of oh, what Stoke fans moaning about Hughes's keeping them mid-table, that's about where they are. Because we're always last on match of the day. People have fallen asleep before then. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we, we've, we're not getting hammered by the teams down the bottom, apart from Palace. But, but the thing that confuses me slightly is four out of our last five televised games, we've conceded four goals. <laughs> and yet there's still not this perception that Hughes is really in tanking. Because people was, don't watch it. People don't do watch you know, it. They might have watched yesterday, but they don't, they don't watch yeah. Stoke... No. Yesterday, yesterday was the first day where your some of your TV pundits and experts started noticing it. Stan Collymore was one of the first people who started saying on Twitter, putting it out there that you know what I think Mark Hughes is under pressure here. There were a few Run others. That bath. Run that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, friend, friend of the parish. Pod. Yeah, friend, 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 friend of the pod. Uh, and and so do you know what I think. It can't go on. It can't go on. And you, you would hope, you would hope that Peter Coates has seen the level of anger that has been expressed by the fans and make a call in the summer because Mark Hughes does not deserve to be given a summer and a load of cash. He does not like. I've heard, I've seen the, an argument to suggest that well, he, you know. Mark Hughes, he's, he, he gave us three good seat, you know, three top half finishes. He deserves another year. Mate, Tony Pulis, a bloody legend at this club, a guy who got us promoted, probably had a really bad six months and he got the boot. Like, you can't... Mark Hughes yeah. does not deserve more than that for the top ten finishes because this is a, a crisis of his own making. This See, isn't like a blip. And I'm not, and I refuse because he says all oh, this. You know, we've had a bit of a blip. It's been 16 no, months, Mark. No. It's not a blip. Mm. This is your uh, uh, a tragedy of your own design. Like, yeah, you, he he needs to he needs to be replaced at the end of the season. Well, this is the thing with the people saying, "Oh, it's just one bad season." And as you point out, Chris, it it, it was just one bad season for Tony Pulis that spelled the end of his era. But when does one bad season become one and a half bad seasons, two bad seasons? What is the cut-off point? Because, as you rightly point out, this isn't just one bad season. We've been crap for ever ever since sort of the, the cup semi-final at Anfield. Semi-final. So it's, yeah, closer to one and a half bad seasons now. 
And given Hughes' track record for starting seasons really, really poorly, then it becomes like one and two thirds of a bad season, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then it then it starts to become two bad seasons. And like, what what is the cutoff point now? And I've noticed a lot of people snapped yesterday. A lot of people just said, "Right, that's the final straw." I'm nailing my Hughes out flag to the mass now. Um, during the week on Twitter, I asked, uh, "What was our best performance this season?" And a lot of people just like couldn't reply. They like just literally could not think of a game where we were like, "Wow, good performance." Mm-hmm. The biggest response was from Man City away, which was a nil-nil draw. A good performance, yes. It was a good defensive display. A very a very rare event this season. Uh, but that was that was our that's our shining beacon, is it? That's our highlight. Shit housing Man City out of three points. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, after that, there were suggestions for Man United away, which was a, a great moment. The Joe mm-hmm. Allen's equaliser, but that could have been ten bloody nil. That was because mm-hmm. Lee Grant was just turning into some kind of Egyptian god or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and other suggestions were for Sunderland, which you you were there with me, Chris. Yeah, yeah. It was a good first half, wasn't it? Good, for, yeah. And I think that's all you can say. It was a good first forty-five minutes. Lovely goal by an out of itch that we went crazy with, and obviously it had the best moment of the season, which was a Julian and Goy chant. But mm. um, I wouldn't say that the entire day was fantastic because there were moments in that second half where you never felt Sunderland were going to come back into the game, but there were moments where. You know they they got opportunities, yeah. And, it, it, and Sunderland like, are crap. And Sunderland, yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't. Yeah, it was a very good 40, first forty-five minutes because we scored three goals at Stadium Alight. Um, hmm. But yeah, like there is no standout performance this year or this season. I think, like, I, I think my dad responded to that tweet with, uh, with Arsenal, Arsenal at home. That I think a lot <laughs> of people, including myself, I was, I was I, from a, a long time ago nailing this game to be right. We we might be playing awfully. There's no signs of us turning it around. But for Arsenal, we'll turn up on the day and we'll at least give them a good game. Did we fuck? Did we? Fuck? <laughs> the going back to the game, like we went two 0 down, um, and then we decided to turn up. We had a spell of corners. We we attacked a bit. He brought Crouch and Berahino on, you know. Berahino once again as much use as a, a fart in a paper bag. But yeah, Onatovic goes down the left. Crouch punches the ball in, and you thought, <laughs> right, it's on now. It's bloody on because we've scored a crap goal where Crouch has punched it into the net. Right, we've probably got under their skin. Let's needle them. Let's bloody throw some challenges in. Let's take some bodies with us if if yeah. need be. Let's really bloody annoy them. It, it, and we we start to attack, and the, it becomes apparent that whilst the players want to do this, they want to ruffle them and they they want to make things happen for this ten minutes. We haven't got the quality to bloody do it. Cameron's running up the pitch, but he can't pick a five yard pass. We've got no bloody quality on the pitch. We've got it. We've got it mm-hmm. sat in the. Tony Waddington suite or something playing FIFA with his fans <laughs> Gianelli and Bula is going to go to Roma and he's going to have an excellent spell there I'm sure of it because mm-hmm. they'll appreciate what he is and play to his strengths and uh, uh, to be honest Bula, Bojan, Shakiri, or Natovic Afalai 
I'd hold no grudges if any of them wanted to leave. Because we we're just not a place for talent to flourish anymore. No, but we but you know what? We can be. This is a thing. Like it, it it's a very very depressing thought when you think like that, but just after next week, after we've lost to Southampton, because let's be honest, we're going to lose to Southampton. Wait, you know, you can eat, give it 24 hours if you want to be sentimental, Peter, but Six o'clock, Monday, <laughs> statement from the club. Mark Hughes has left the, we've, he's left the position. We'll be now getting a new manager in. Because that's how you solve it. Because this is, again, it's all down to Mark Hughes' design. That is how this situation has come about. It's not the fault of the flair players. And I reject that people who, people who keep saying that, oh yeah, it's all the thought Shakiri not tracking back oh shut up Pedgett because that's not the like that isn't the case at all this isn't the fault of the flair players we're not losing because we're trying to play with too much flamboyancy we're losing because we don't have a game plan like no 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 Chris Chris we're losing because we have too high expectations of the team (laughs) (laughs) I mean Uh, bloody hell that 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 quote is pissing me off the more I think about it it's just we're we're under his skin. Not, we're we're under his yeah. skin now because he, as he you knows say, he's he, under pressure now. Yeah, and he he's knows coming he might out, be off. And he's coming out and saying things like, "Oh, the fans, but they've got too much." Do you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like to me this is him preparing his story for the next job he's in, where he's yeah, like, "Oh, yeah. you know, the same way that he says with QPR that, oh, th- you know, we." He, he's got a rehearsed story for why things went wrong at each club. And that's and fine, because that's fans. self-preservation. Ha, ha, hello, but that's hello, what this hello, Robbie. Like. hello, Robbie. I'm under pressure, mate. Can you, can you go off on one at 6.06 <laughs> and call Stoke fans idiots? <laughs> that's, the, that's what this is. This sounds like self-preservation from Mark Hughes. Um, you know, getting in his reasons why. Well, yeah, I was... They, they let me go at Stoke because the fans had too high expectations. Yeah, I, I wonder why. I wonder why we expected to finish in the top 10. Like, uh, yeah. Finally, um, on the game, um, I left at the fourth goal because I just like sick of it. I, I shook the hands of Ben and his mate who was an Arsenal fan. Uh, I, was, I like <laughs> to think I was quite gracious in defeat. You were. Um, um, so, I left, I left the pub, but my phone was out of battery, so I needed to charge it up. So I, I found somewhere to charge it up. And the the game was on, and I was just like looking at the final minute and a half, and I just thought I just saw Ramadan was playing, and I just thought, what the bloody hell? Why? Why? Four one down. He finally brings on the player that we've all wanted to see for game after game Mm -hmm. after game because he's a good player and he's shown it, and. Four one down against Arsenal. Are you taking the piss, you? <laughs> what that the, is that is yeah. What how just embarrassing. That's just mm-hmm. embarrassing for the lad. And add sorry to that list of players who, who think, right, not getting a game here. I'm not getting a manager who, who appreciates what I've got. Right. What other clubs want me? Because I've got a large fan base and a brand name you can exploit. Yeah. Why would he stay? What what has he done wrong, Ramadan Sobi, to come on at that point in the game? I, I, I completely lost it when that, when that happened in the pub. I, I 
Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It would have made sense, as you said earlier, to bring him on at half time, and he could have actually done something. Or even at two one, when we had we had them on on the the back foot for a few minutes, for a couple of minutes. Why not bring a Ramadan Sobi on that can exploit a back four, a back four with space in behind, thanks to the three four three formation. I, I don't. I honestly couldn't think of a better player to bring on at that point. What are you doing, Mark Hughes? <laughs> um, just. Uh, to to not have a go at Hughes for a moment, I want to have a go at some of our own fans. I know this is a hot topic and we kind of get sick of talking about it, but um, once again, it's a televised game. Stoke v Arsenal. Aaron Ramsey comes on the pitch. Booze. Like, grow up. Can we seriously just grow up now? Yeah. And I, I, I know oh, we didn't accept Shawcross's apology. Oh, we shushed the fans. Sorry, I don't care. I don't. I don't even care. Like the the whole thing of like, let's just ruffle us get under Arsenal skin from the crowd you don't need to boo a player who had his leg broken to do that and I know yeah we've got previous with Wenger and Wenger's comments were crap and all this I totally accept that but every time this happens we look like absolute morons in front of the media in front of uh, the uh, neutral football fans and you might not care what they think but I, 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 might, I might not quite care what the media says about my club but I want, I want them to think, oh, at least the fans are reasonable people. <clears throat> there's no, there's just no excuse. It's just embarrassing. It's mm-hmm. just bloody tedious now. He's, yeah, okay, you might think he's a little jumped up shit, but we, you just can't boo a player who had his leg broken. Just be the bigger person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just, just well done, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get hounded for that, maybe. I don't know. Um, just uh, let's let's go to have some let's go and have some listener questions, shall we? Um, at, uh, a tweet from uh, to us from at Kevin H one one six four. He says, "I think he I think he deserves another six to ten games next year to prove this was a blip." Um, it's not a blip, is it? It's a slump and a very There's long one at that. Why if, would you if, give him? If we're going to do that, then we have to. We, there has to have already been some sort of signs of recovery. There have been yeah. no signs. There's been not even a little germination of a seed of a recovery from Stoke City this season. Mm-hmm. That, that is the game yesterday. That is his chance to show I've still got this. I've still got a group of players that are behind me and are up for it. But he didn't use mm-hmm. that opportunity that he's got. I mean, we've got Southampton next week. We're going to lose that game as well. Or, or at best, we might get a nil-nil draw again because no one gives crap about the result in the end mm-hmm. there are why no would, signs of yeah. recovery so why would he get more games to show no. that there'll be no signs of recovery and why would Peter Coates give him a summer and a, and transfers and all the funding to then sack him further down the line Peter Coates is a businessman first and foremost and you would expect that he under well as as with Tony Pulis you would you know he went and then he was the Mark Hughes was given the summer to come in and start working with the squad during pre-season you would expect we'd do the same Mark Hughes doesn't he doesn't deserve another 10 games to turn it around because we've been saying about him turning it around since what the beginning of the season like we've played a full season where we've not kicked into life so as far as I'm concerned no he doesn't deserve 10 more games I've just done the uh, Premier League predictor thing, like where you type in the results and it shows you the table at the end of the season. And we're going to finish on the same points as Swansea. 
Bloody hell. We're going to finish below like... Crystal Palace. How many points more do Leicester City have as well, by the way, in that? Um, I, 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 I can't remember exactly that, but yeah, they yeah. were above us as well. We, I got us finishing 15th on 41 points, because uh, I think yeah, which, I think we're going to lose. Which would be our worst Premier League season, would it not? Yes, in terms of position and points total, yeah. And, and I understand that people come at us and say, oh yeah, but you know, we've had worse seasons in the past. Not with this quality of squad, we haven't. No. Not with this quality of players. The Yeah, maybe there is an expectation that we do more than survive in the Premier League, but that is purely because we are capable of doing more than that. I, I hate, and it goes back to the Robbie Savage thing of, he's doing a good job, he's keeping him in the Premier League. Oh, I went on Strictly Come Dancing, aren't I ace? <laughs> like, I, it, it, it angers me because, no, you know what, we should be doing more than just keeping in this division like I, I again i can accept that there are a whole bunch of teams who are challenging in that uh, mid table like little league of its own and challenging to be top of it and i could even accept that you know we're not going to finish top of that every year that's fine but to think that we as a team only deserve to just scrape by and stay in this division that's that is not acceptable. And and this isn't arrogance to say that Stoke City deserve more, but look at the squad we've got. We do deserve more. This squad is better than Swansea's. This squad is better than... What? Burnley. Burnley. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's a better team. So, no, it's not unrealistic or harsh or whatever other words Robbie Savage and co want to say because we know what we can do i like mark hughes he buys me trainers well oh, you've got so high expectations useless well <laughs> is that robbie savage when did yes. robbie join when did robbie join the conversation We've got six. We've got six when points did... in the last ten games. That's that's that puts us in seventeenth point, seventeenth uh, place of the last ten games, which is just that is relegation form. It's relegation form. Of course, it is. We if um, if, if we don't sack Hughes, there is danger that I'm going to be so so frightened before next season that we're going down. Mm-hmm. Um, Duck Duck magazine tweeted: If you're not shitting your pants about next season, you don't have any pants on. Yeah, <laughs> fairly accurate. Um, just talking about what needs to change. In the past, we've spoken about right. If you stays right, these are the things he needs to sort out. I, I want to sort of look at these elements again and judge it through a if you stays perspective. So Ugh. the first one I've got is recruitment. Do you trust Mark Hughes to recruit the right players and spend money wisely? I I I think on the whole he's brought in some decent players, but the, the way he's dealt with Imbula and Sobby is just completely sh- like that confidence is completely shot. Um, so I, I I don't think I can trust him now. I I don't think the, the the area of of need the player that we've needed for a long time is that replacement for Glenn Whelan, and then he hasn't been able to do that. And I think that's a damning indictment of his ability to bring in a player. A pretty simple position there to fill in. A, a holding midfielder that can actually defend, I feel. But he hasn't been able to do that. So my confidence is gone. Mm. 
Um, starts to the season and pre-season preparation. There'll obviously be uh, a renewed focus on this. There'll be pressure on Hughes to start the season well. Do we think he will? No. No. No, because right, there's maybe. no evidence to suggest that he ever w- that we've that he ever starts seasons well. It depends if we okay. get Burnley, Watford, or Sunderland or Middlesbrough in the first of the season. Or- well, Sunderland and Middlesbrough will be in the championship. Oh so, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that this is this is another point actually that I don't think is unreasonable. Newcastle and Brighton are good sides. You know, mm-hmm. the the league will get tougher next season, and I think particularly if I think any one of the uh, the playoff clubs could easily prove to be a, a bit of a needle side as well. So, you know, I think the league's going to get tougher because, like I said, the, the bottom. The bottom ten in the Premier League is a bunch of crap. It's not a very good league from sort of sixth down, really. The Premier League. Um, okay, how about this defensive organisation? Do you trust you to sort out these defensive worries? <laughs> ask Mark Wilson. Ask Mark Wilson. Get him on the pod okay. and ask him that question. Uh, fourth point: midfield. Oh, for the love of God, the midfield. <laughs> Is he, going, is he going to improve that? Considering he signed Joe Allen to be a defensive midfielder, play him as an attacking midfielder, and now he's just in some kind of nether zone. Um, I think that answers its own question. Uh, a question from Dom Smith on Twitter. Why have we played since January without a creative midfielder? Because we Don't sent know. him to Germany. Good question. We sent him to Germany because he uh, missed a penalty against Bournemouth. Yeah, and he had a bad and, and he had a bad forty-five minutes against Wolves. Yeah, that's did the whole team. But yeah, and and he's and he's not British. Does anyone else? <laughs> does anyone else remember where they were when when they found out the news of Bojan getting loaned out? Because I've got it vivid in my mind ever since. <laughs> it's burned into it's burned into Go my on. mind. I was, in a, I was in just a random park in London. Um, I was actually in a greenhouse. It, it was a fascinating time. Really fascinating. Um, Oh, no, it wasn't in London, actually. It was in Belfast. Oh, yeah, it was in Belfast. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got it ingrained in my brain. You can't, you can't write it. You can't write it. Um, I was walking around, and yeah, on my phone, as you do, and then the news comes through that Bojan's gone, and I've never been closer to crying. No, um, yeah, just just <laughs> sad. Um, so, on recruitment... Starting the season well, defensive organisation and midfield, we've pretty much indicated that we don't trust Mark Hughes. Um, need to create chances. We need to create chances if Berahino's going to bloody score. Uh, do we trust Mark Hughes to set the team up in such a way that our best players can supply the forward line and create adequate chances for us to win games? Depends what happens with Bojan. If he if he can if he realizes his mistake and he comes back then maybe if he if he is still here this is just making me feel worse Dave this is making me nervous mm-hmm. we're supposed to be making mm-hmm. the fans feel better about our current position. no no we're not <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you read your contract Ben before you joined the Wizards but <laughs> it mentioned nothing about trying to lift the fan spirit you you would have to assume that if the worst was to happen and Bojan was to leave that Mark Hughes would be looking at replacements in that number 10 position because he's come out and said that oh yeah maybe it was a mistake to let Bojan go out on loan because he recognizes that we don't have a number 10 in that you know we don't we don't have a number 10 with the exception of Stephen Island who's not back, back to fitness yet and you you would you would have to hope more than anything that Mark Hughes is 
looking at potential signings for that position. I don't I don't believe he is because I think he thinks Joe Allen is good in that role. But that's just me being very, very pessimistic. Question from Connor on Twitter. Why has Allen been anonymous since January? Well, it's because he he left that run of goal scoring form and his and it got and we realised pretty quickly that he wasn't an attacking midfielder and since then we've just kind of just kind of slotted him into the team with no kind of specific role. Mm-hmm. Uh, question from Mark Griffiths on Twitter. What does Ramadan Sobi need to do to get a start when he came in? He was slicing through their defence like a knife through butter. I think we've pretty much covered that. We don't know. Um, question from Clay234. Succession planning for the older guys, how and when? Actually, phase out planning is better wording. How are we going to phase out these these older players been waiting for years and we still don't know yeah. I still don't know how mm-hmm. G- giving them new contracts apparently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign- signing replacements for them presumably would be a, would be a, a start um, mm. just Mark Hughes doesn't is... know how to deal with a squad though I think that's part of the problem no. he doesn't know how to deal with, with having players on the bench and, and rotating and keeping people happy I don't think yeah no, I think that's a no, huge no. problem, and, and I think that's that's the reason why he's, he's keeping hold of these old players because he understands that they probably won't moan as much as a, as a young a Bojan might sort of knock on his door and say, "Why aren't I playing, boss?" And and if he keeps the likes of these older players, they're going to be like, "Right, I'm, I understand. I've I've lost it a bit. Maybe not in those words. I'll be happy to sort of play a squad role." Um, he doesn't know how to deal with the squad. A question from Mark Manser is the question descending from who would you have instead then to. Who half decent would actually have us? <laughs> I hope not. I, 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 I still think we're an attractive proposition in terms of playing squad. We've got a nice stadium that we're expanding. We've got money. We're a Premier League side. You know, I think we're still a proposition for good managers. Mm. The question for me isn't isn't who do you get in, which I'm still hearing even after our fiftieth episode, lads. We had a whole show where we talked about that. We had a whole show where we discussed it. The, the the question is now not who do you get in. The question is what possible justification do we have for keeping him? Mm-hmm. And what what is that? Is that we played very well over two seasons ago? Yeah, I I can't think of a single like argument to back him up right now. Like, I think any argument that is still pro Hughes is clutching at straws. Because, yeah, the last time we played well was Christmas 2015. Mm. And, yeah, it's it's not a blip. It's not a blip. And this is the problem. I think people like, oh, yeah, it's just a, a bad season. It's not just a bad season. And like, I've seen, uh, right, oh, bear with me while I, while I go off on one. But I've seen well, people almost yeah. like say, like like almost mock mock those fans who are using a time scale bigger than a season like oh but the season doesn't count it's the calendar year isn't it lol like almost mocking like no it's it's a measurement of time we've been bad for more than a season like it's I'm, I'm, I'm fed up of this almost head in the clouds oh well I've seen it worse I've seen us lose to um to, to I don't know who to Gillingham, I've seen. Oh, you know, it's been a lot worse. Or oh, what? You don't remember the season we got 
relegated when we start when we when we went to the Britannia. Oh, you. No, people don't because you know what? It's like twenty years ago, and a lot of fans are young. And yeah, maybe. How dare yeah. they? How, how, how dare, dare they, they be young? How dare they be young and not remember things that didn't happen because they weren't alive? Like, and yeah, we have had it worse. But I, like, some someone yesterday, and it's, and this isn't me being angry at the, them because they, you know, they're, they're completely right to say it, but. In discussion was talking about, oh yeah, but do you remember Peter Coates in the nineties hired Chris Kamara? And it's like, yeah, but we didn't have Jordan Shakiri and Marco Anatovic and all these other players like in the nineties. We didn't have that expectation of being a Premier League team. They're starting to sound like um, sort of observational comedians now. These fans are like in the sense of like Michael McIntyre, where where their big thing is just to point out the point out obvious things that happened in the past. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember Kyle Lightbone? Do you remember? And we'll go, yeah, I remember Kyle Lightbone. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember being relegated? Do you remember Alan Ball? Do you remember? <laughs> Joe, Barbie, Joe Barbieri tweeted that he, this was the most disappointing season in his lifetime. And instantly, someone came back to him and said, what, uh, I, I think the 97-98 uh, season when we got relegated was pretty disappointing. And Joe was like, I was five. You know, <laughs> we're five years old. We don't care. Like, we're, we're not... We're not as knowledgeable about football when we're five, no, and it's no. the most disappointing because we know what we're, what a good team we've got. It's disappointing because we we've had those expectation raised, and they've just fallen so far below that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it's, our ex- expectations were in ninety seven, ninety eight, but you know, yeah. we we didn't we didn't have a very good side then. Clearly, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I. It, it's fr- it's it's an <laughs> it, it's anger inducing just because like it, it's almost as if well you're you guys you're angry and you don't deserve to be angry because we've had it worse in the past it's like this whole <laughs> idea of you you guys you should be thankful for food because in the war we had to ration it like it's like yeah but it's not the war anymore guys mm. we don't have rationing and yes you went through a struggle and you had to ration your food but now <laughs> we don't have to ration our food guys now Chris. we live in an era where food can travel around the world <laughs> Chris Chris has really got it in for people who survived the blitz yeah. <laughs> oh, the, oh like like, don't get me started on our obsession, our country's obsession with this wartime feeling. Like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, basically, sheltering bats, bastards. Right. Uh, essentially, you've just got to consider it all. Do you, do you you know how Monty Python and that did that famous the four Yorkshiremen sketch where it's like you were lucky we had to live in a shoebox in middle at road. That's essentially what it feels like when you're discussing this with other with with fans who've got their like head in the cloud because it's like oh I'm fed up. I can't believe we lost four one to Arsenal. We didn't even put in a display four one to Arsenal. I remember back in 1897 when uh, we didn't even have a league or whatever. Like you know what? It's it's people are completely justified to be angry. That was the sound of someone with a Yorkshire accent putting on a Yorkshire accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. I've I've done that. 
I've done that sketch as well in in a school performance. <laughs> Honestly, I, I <laughs> Clearly. can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a question <laughs> for you, Ben. Let, let's let's let Liv, let's let let's let Chris simmer off for a bit and uh, just like <laughs> join join the Nazis by the sound of it. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> Is this Stoke's worst season in the Premiership, says Cov1981. Okay, so let's work this out, me and you, Ben. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. sort of some categories we can judge worst season on. I just want mm-hmm. your opinion. So, points-wise, uh, we're on 41 points. Our worst total is 42. So, it's uh, it all depends on the Southampton game. Would you agree? Well, that, that seems to make sense to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Position. <laughs> Our lowest position in the Premier League is 14th. Uh, do you think we'll finish below that? Um, to be honest, I don't. I don't think we will. I think we might finish 14th. I don't think we're going to finish. I don't think we're going to finish below that. But we'll see. I don't think the teams but, below us are good enough to 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 win. But I've just I've just done that Premier League predictor thing where, where I've, just, I've put realistic scores in. I've not trying to hype up the teams around us too more but there's a few of them playing each other and this I think we're, we're going to slide down but it just depends yeah. on the extent that we'll slide down yeah we are actually going to slide down aren't we yeah hmm. yeah 15th okay <laughs> okay um, fan mood how do you um, put, put fan mood in comparison with other seasons in the I Premier mean, League I mean this is the sort of the most I've been involved in a fan mood because of, of the the beauty of Twitter and and the moaning on Twitter. So in terms of fan moaning, this is definitely the most the worst for me, or the best if you like moaning. Um, so yeah, the fan mood is is probably the worst. And and there's division, which I I don't understand about as as Chris has just said. I don't want to start Chris off again, but I don't understand how people can still defend Hughes. Uh, so that's three categories in which we're either it's either the worst season or potentially the worst season. How about the kits? How, how do the, the <laughs> season's kits compare to other seasons? I don't think they're the worst. No, I don't. I don't think I, I don't mind the kits. I know a lot of people don't like the blue in the home kit, um, but you're modelling it very nicely right now, Dave, and yeah. it looks wonderful. Yeah, um, this is this season's shirt, not the new one that we wore yesterday. Yeah, 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 and we and we've had. By far worse away away kits um, in the past. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Yeah, so uh, I'd say yeah. it's about m- mid table in terms of Premier League seasons for uh, yeah for kits. Um, Ingoys deployed. Um, I count one <laughs> Ingoy deployed this season. Uh, other seasons, none. So I think that, that's that's a winner for this season. Yeah. Uh, so it's arguably our best ever season. What are we moaning at? Um, corners filled in at uh, half a point. We've, half a point. We've almost filled that corner in. It's looking nice. So you know, yeah, things are looking up, lads. On Twitter, I asked for some song suggestions to open the show, uh, but I, I chose a, a poem instead because I'm a pretentious fop. But um, yeah, some suggestions. Maybe tomorrow, going down. I can't get no satisfaction. One more day. Chris, Chris, uh, I, hope, I hope you've cooled off a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What th- should we have a new theme tune for next season? And if yeah. sh- if so, what should it be? Um, it should be um, "Rather Be Dead" by Refused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's cheery. What about you, Ben? What do you think? Um, I, I don't. Uh, I'm going to say, bit of an out there suggestion. Club Tropicana, George Michael. Let's cheer the fans <laughs> up. Come on. <laughs> Have I missed the point? Oh. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we make? Uh, shall we, we make say- next season just like the depressingly positive podcast? <laughs> Where we just, we just, no matter how badly we do, we're just like, everything's fine. fine, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Can we just have, like, the saxophone from Careless Whisper just on repeat for the intro? <laughs> just because, you know, it makes every, it cheers everyone up, that saxophone. Cheers me up just thinking about it right now. Oh, Peter Crouch has tweeted, just seen a tweet oh. from Peter Crouch. Peter What's Crouch has tweeted the words, slight suspicion. Oh, in handball. Oh, oh, right. Okay. It's funny because we lost four-one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blinking heck. Uh Any any other points from yesterday, or the sort of general reaction to it, or any points from the season that you wanted to uh, to raise? I'm just I'm just glad there's only ninety minutes left. <laughs> that's isn't that depressing though isn't that depressing I think we've been saying for a few weeks that we just want the season to almost be over and like I, I really I really want to enjoy watching Stoke and I can't say that I have this year like I've enjoyed the games I've gone to not because of Stoke but because of the company and and I think you would you would get many Stoke fans who would say the same. This season is not going to go down as a memorable. Like, oh, do you remember? Do you remember 2016-17? Because nothing of consequence has happened. And did you, I think did, that's hang on really a second. Hang on. Did you see Phil Bardsley's <laughs> goal against Stevenage? Come on, Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Apart from Phil's amazing goal, <laughs> which. Uh, Oh god! It may. Oh, we've got the oh, we've got the end of season awards on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Red That'll and white carpet. Fun. Excellent. That's going to be Excellent. a cheery affair. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Have we got any predictions? Uh, shall, shall we? Shall we uh, announce our awards now? Shall we give our end of season? Oh, shall we? Uh, we'll wait till after the uh, Southampton game to uh, to to, to yeah. choose our. Mm. Oh, well, oh should we do that? Should we do that next week? Should we make our own categories? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we let's... could do our own end of season awards. So, like, we can have the oh right because there's been so many, we can have the best four goal, four goal games where we've we? yeah <laughs> <laughs> the least worst four nil loss of the season <laughs> yeah. goes to oh, need... in fact that yeah if if you're Tweet us, tweet us some yeah. categories tweet that you think ideas. we should have. Definitely. Mm. I, I'm exhausted, lads. To be honest, that that was a, an emotional ride. But um, yeah, what a way to celebrate a year of the podcast. Um, I saw the balloons on the on the Twitter yesterday, and, and they were almost mocking me by uh, by the <laughs> evening. Oh God. God! Imagine imagine a year of the pod when we can be happy for a lot of the time. Will that ever happen? That's the question. Mm. Uh, happy birthday <laughs> to us! Yeah. Oh well. I was I was looking for ages this morning, just like trying to find a, a film quote, a poem, a, a, a song, just to open the podcast, and nothing just felt right. 
It was just like no, no, it was no, there was no joke anymore. There was just nothing funny to put. Uh, so, <laughs> so I went with Ozymandias, a, po- a poem by Shelley, which um, talks about an Egyptian pharaoh whose whose lands are now desolate, and uh, it just through the eyes of the sculptor, you can see the remains of what what mm-hmm. once was a great civilization, a great idea, and now it's just dust. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Of course, you can um, uh, follow us on Twitter at Wizards of Drivel, Facebook.com slash Wizards of Drivel. Uh, there's going to be some content coming up on WizardsofDrivel.com, so check that out. And of course, as always, there's our Patreon page. Uh, uh, Thank you to uh, Marcus and the Blackpool Stokies for an enjoyable train home yesterday. What um, Marcus said to me, you're trying to get us on that Patreon, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> someone's noticed. Uh, so yeah, uh, check all that stuff out, please. Um, shall we? Tr- shall we try to be positive after the Southampton game? I suppose we could lose that by four goals as well. So maybe not. But uh, <laughs> it's entry. been. Uh, yeah, perhaps more so than Stoke's performance. I've really, really enjoyed uh, this first year of podcasting, and thank mm-hmm. you to everyone who has supported it because it it has meant uh, a great deal. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dave. And now more than ever, go on, Stoke.